Reed Davis, Dress Your Health for Success, subtitled Functional and Holistic Approach to Health, Episode 92, Alternative Health Tools Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Victoria, for Alternative Health Tools, where together we discover and share alternative health tools and resources for alternative health practitioners and experts. I'm joined here today with the wonderful Reed Davis, who's a holistic health practitioner, a certified nutritional therapist, and also the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. So excited to be doing this episode today, and a massive welcome to Reed, and thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's a real pleasure. Glad to be here. Fantastic. We're talking about um, functional and holistic approach to health today, which for me is really exciting. I've been on a bit of a journey myself, um, but I can't wait to hear what you've got to tell us all about today. So uh, would you like to give us a bit of a background to yourself, please, Reed? Sure. Well, I got into the holistic health field about 20 some years ago. I was actually in environmental law. I was cleaning up the planet, air, birds, water, trees, bees, and what have you. And I started to wonder if the environment was so harsh on these poor things, then what's it doing to people, including me? Uh Mm -hmm. And so that's where I began. It was just on, like you just mentioned, a personal journey. And I went right to work for a clinic, a wellness center in Southern California. It was a very busy clinic, and uh, they gave me the job of running the place. But I went to a nutrition course with the owner, a chi- who was a chiropractor, and she said I could go as her assistant through her diplomat program. And in between classes, she let me work on her patients, let me talk to the patients and discover what kind of things we could do nutritionally. And I just fell in love with the clinical side. So I kind of got out of the, just running the business into working one-on-one face-to-face with Mrs. Smith and Mr. Jones. And it was um, just amazing the discoveries and the things that I went through for the next 10 years uh, before I started teaching, which is what I do now. Wow. And what was your kind of biggest kind of light bulb moment during that time? It happened very early on. And it was that I more or less triage. So everyone who came in the office talked to me first we had mm-hmm. chiropractic and acupuncture. We had osteopath. We had various modalities and things. And they, I had, it was doing the nutrition. And just about every single person said that they'd already been to four, eight, 10, 12 practitioners and had still had all or most of their original complaints. In other words, they were just being handed off from one practitioner to the next, what I call caught in a cycle of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a big ripoff, frankly. Um, you know, just how can that be? And I didn't know much at the time, but I thought I will be the last person you need to see. That was at least my goal or desire at the time. So it was really that people are caught in this cycle of trial and error and, and no one was getting to the root or the bottom of the what were the real issues were they were they were selling a lot of goods pro- products they were uh, tr- doing a lot of modalities and things mm-hmm. and people were were always hopeful but never really getting where they wanted to be and I like what you said there stuck in a cycle of trial and error and that was exactly me so I, I can really kind of resonate with that and I think it's amazing that you had that goal that they you were going to be the last person that they saw so in terms of the types of people who you see and how this approach can work with people, what types of health complaints do you get coming to you? And can, can we just kind of touch on? Sure. That? Well, nowadays, I mean, the system that I ended up creating after 10 years and basically my claim to fame is that I ran more lab tests than anybody else. There were offices using the same labs that I used who had five doctors working there and they would ask me, how are you, how are you, do you get so much business? I mean, are you, but you're really doing all this work by yourself. And yes, I just was unique in the way that I would gather new patients for the clinic and uh, it gave me an opportunity to run and get 
run more labs than anyone else, get more experience than anyone else. And that gave me a chance to make some observations and um, create a system of investigation. And then obviously the protocols, you know, the, the holistic lifestyle-based protocols. And because I'm not a physician, I was a, a, a clinician, but an unlicensed one. And to answer your question, I it was anybody walking in the door. Now, most of them were women, I'd say over 40, uh, 40 to 60 range. They were uh, independent working women with health complaints and they wanted and they cared. They showed a lot of motivation to uh, you know, be willing to do the things that we asked them to do. I asked them to run lab work and let me look at underlying causes and conditions. They're willing to invest. And uh, then over the years, you know, they, they end up bringing you their children, their spouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty soon you're, you're working on everybody. But yeah, that was a great, uh, I'll call it a, a demographic, you know, at the time. There were women who were having hormonal issues and uh, bone density problems. And then it just kind of snowballed and grew, grew from there. Interesting. So when they came in to see you, was there kind of like, um, I mean, obviously you say about hormonal issues, but were they experiencing different symptoms and how did you then do the lab testing to identify what was the root cause? Well, one of the most common things was they, they did have complaints, tired fatigue. They had sinuses, allergies, moodiness, irritability, digestive problems, aches and pains, you know, mm-hmm. just all over it. And most had been to a physician. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, they'd been told, well, your blood work looks normal. You know, I don't mm-hmm. see anything really wrong with you yet. You know, like something mm-hmm. might be a little high or a little low, but come back when you're, when you have something I, you have something I can diagnose and treat. And, you know, mm-hmm. most of that would be through medication, uh, more or less what we call now treating the paper mm-hmm. and not the person. So that was the general um, person, you know, coming in, they, they, they had all these complaints and you name it, uh, but have been told almost nothing's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Or, again, they've been in that cycle because uh, if you get told by your physician nothing's wrong, what do you do? Well, you go on the internet, you start searching. Back yeah. then, there wasn't as much of an internet, but or you go down the street to what worked for your neighbor, and that didn't work for you. So then you they you go down somewhere else, and it could be anything from, again, the modalities to different mm-hmm. diets, different uh, supplements, different you know therapies and such. So um, they really were caught in that cycle, and I didn't have a therapy to sell, so I had to really figured out what was wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, bet, I bet they loved you forevermore once once you actually figured out and uh, found a solution for them and treated the cause rather than, I guess, the symptoms, hey? Yeah, you know, f- physicians, uh, are they do great work. Mm-hmm. They certainly are good at relieving symptoms. They've been responding to a marketplace over the last 100-plus years that all they wanted to do was relieve the symptoms. You know, working men and women of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s in the last century didn't exercise. There were no mm-hmm. gyms. There wasn't mm-hmm. uh, health food. There was just there was just work and food, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever you could afford on your plate. And so if they got sick or a symptom of some sort, they wanted the fastest way out of it. And mm-hmm. physicians were there to fill the the bill, you know, they uh, mm-hmm. and along with the companies that produce their products that they use, um right there and um nowadays though it's a completely different ball game people are willing they do want to know well what's really wrong with me yeah and so physicians have been a little slow to respond but uh they're catching up but you know it's been the health coach and the alternative kind of uh practitioner who's who's like where i started 20 years ago Mm -hmm. with well why don't i help you find out what's really wrong i have amazing stories over the years of people who um you know responded very very well to that kind of approach yeah i'm picking up on something you said there it was kind of making me smile because it took me right back to my childhood and my grandfather was very much of when he got to the age of 50 you know that's it now we need to sit in the armchair and rest because we're getting old and we can't exercise we've just got to you know sit and uh, sit and rest and take things easy and eat food and you know he he was quite a large uh, man towards the end well he certainly had a lot of visceral fat um Mm -hmm. and you know he was quite poorly towards the end of his life but um really interesting isn't it the generation now it's we are searching for answers aren't we rather than just saying oh well we're getting old 
It was fascinating. You know, I went to a doctor once and I had, was having a sore knee and he told me, well, you're getting older. And I said, well, then how come it's just one knee? They're both the same age. And, you know, he thought I was being funny, but I wasn't. I just said, well, it was a d- my age, serious right? question. Just yeah. one knee. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, but, you know, o- over the years, we've just seen absolute, almost miraculous, complete recoveries when the person was previously diagnosed. So you mm-hmm. might have somebody who uh, was told they had fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or irritable bowel or, you know, you can go on and on with these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And yet there's st- you, you still, it's people don't want to take just medication for the symptoms. They want to mm-hmm. go through, uh, they'll, they're willing to do invest in the lab work, find out what's really wrong, mm-hmm. and then use the lifestyle, the diet, mm-hmm. the proper rest, exercise, reducing stress, and, of course, supplementation mm-hmm. uh, to to fix it if they can, you know, or get as close as they can to that. You just described me, Reid. That was me 16 years ago. <laughs> and, and John knows my story, but I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome when I was 22. And I was at university and the doctor just said to me, here's some antidepressants, you're going to end up in a wheelchair. And it wasn't okay for me. So exactly as you've described, I went on my kind of journey and I looked to how I could change, you know, my diet, my stress, how I could take some supplements and I actually found a really good health practitioner. So yeah, it's, it's amazing when you've experienced that and you know that there's support out there to help. Well, that's bringing a lot of people into our industry, if you will, or our profession. You know, I consider myself a professional mm-hmm. health coach now and I teach a course in functional lab work and the natural protocols. And so this, this, um, this profession, this this uh, industry, if you will, is really helping uh, uh, tens of thousands of people who are willing to do the work. Awesome. And just thinking about, you know, the functional and the holistic approach. So for people who aren't quite sure why it's different, should we just touch on that and, and you know, go through the approach as to why it's different to uh, the mainstream approach? Sure. Well, the the mainstream is still mostly involved in uh, symptoms, you know, symptom removal. And there's we we started there. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. No one wants to be in pain. Or if there's something about the way you want the way you look or the way you feel that you want to change, there's always a shortcut if you mm-hmm. if you just want to take the shortcut. Physicians take on all commerce. They don't really um, care much about the variables. They're not really looking into the variables. So, you know, how old a person is, how much exercise they get, what kind of a diet they have, what kind of stressors are in their life, what, is, what environment are they uh, living in or growing up in, and these kinds of things. Where those are exactly the things that a health coach, a professional health coach, does focus on. It is the variables that matter. So back to the physician where the variables don't matter, they use an agent. So they're taking on all comers and they are just adding something to that person's world or environment or body if you want it's some agent some some drug Mm -hmm. or some chemical or something like that they're just adding something on and and maybe it makes the symptoms go away or mitigates Mm -hmm. them to a reasonable extent um we don't we want to find out why they're having the symptom Mm -hmm. have them modify their behavior and again i've come up with this formula d-r-e-s-s spells dress for mm-hmm. health success, you know, it's diet. Yeah. I mean, you could do a corrective diet. There's mm-hmm. rest. And, you know, it goes without saying sleep is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. People aren't getting enough That's quality it. sleep at the mm-hmm. right time. Exercise is uh, just, again, goes without saying you must. Uh, sitting is the new smoking, they, mm-hmm. they say, you know, because it's so bad for you to not exercise. And then there's stress reduction and supplements, D-R-E-S-S. And supplements, I don't have my own line, or but I know a lot about them. And under stress reduction, it's so ubiquitous. It comes in so many forms. Sometimes we don't even know how much stress we're under. Yeah. That's why some of our lab work can indicate, hey, there's something that's very stressful. And they go, well, yeah, my boss is kind of a jerk and my spouse and I haven't been getting along and my kids are misbehaving. But other than that, I'm fine. (laughs) And so, so we're not always talking about mental, emotional stress though. There's physical aches and pains from old injuries that haven't healed and just lots of things could be going on with your body week 
you know, weak posture and, and uh, repetitive motion and these things if you're stuck in some job. So there's all of the mental emotional, there's all of those physical trauma, bodily things. And then, of course, I think the biggest area is environmental stress mm-hmm. and interior you know, biochemistry, just bi- chemical and biochemical stress. And that is, again, everywhere and um, hard to avoid. And your body's going to respond to each one of those things with mm-hmm. a stress response, whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. It's going to create imbalances in your body that will show up sometimes so far downstream it's it's amazing how how you, you can't really connect the types of stress you're under with that symptom uh just because of the way the body works and because of how unique we all are it's fascinating really isn't it how clever our bodies are and how they can respond when we start treating with them with the respect that they deserve i guess and <laughs> I always say to my clients, because I'm I'm a holistic health coach as well, and I always say to my clients, you know, you wouldn't put petrol in a diesel car um, in the UK here. So, you know, why, why are you putting bad thoughts, bad food, you know, poor sleep, poor exercise, et cetera, et cetera, in, into your kind of, into your body and into your world. And, you know, we often kind of, well, certainly in the UK, we're running around at 90 miles an hour and not actually looking after ourselves. We're too busy doing other things. We are. We're very busy. And, you know, I can't say I'm less busy than anyone else. Matter of fact, I still work harder than I'll say most people that I know. And um, it it, it adds up and you do need to balance it out. And um, so I I try to live um, my talk, you know, walk the talk, they say. So I get up in the morning early, but I and I may I may go right to work, but I'll take my break at the appropriate time. Go outside. I have a lot of property. I'm on a beautiful lake. I get to uh, go out and work in the. I, I my hobby is gardening, so mm-hmm. I do a lot of work on the property, growing things and getting lots mm-hmm. of fresh air and sunshine, especially in Southern California. And and the exercise. I have my my own gym here and things. So you try to walk the talk, mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the few. I'm sorry. Sorry, Reid. Carry on. Well, that's probably one of the few prerequisites to being a professional in this area of, of health coaching and, and, and being a, a professional do-gooder. You know, the, you, you've got to walk your talk. Uh, and um, only temporarily will I go for, for periods without, you know, if I'm working on a special mm-hmm. project, uh, yeah, I might slack off a little bit. But, um, yeah. yeah, you get right back on it. So talking about, you know, walking the walk, talk, you know, what, what talk we talk we walk mm-hmm. the walk and you've, you've just said you know you're a very busy man you're very hard working but you still find time for yourself so can we give some examples as to how you fit that into the day because I know it's probably easy for people to think well that's okay for you that's your job and of course you can fit that in but you're still a very busy man so how, how do you fit mm-hmm. those things into your day how do you fit those into your lifestyle well, it depends what it is, but, um, you know, I have a, uh, a live-in companion who, who does some of the cooking. Uh, we take, we take turns. Food preparation is really important because you have to eat right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a good place to start right there. Just start learning to, uh, find time to prep for food. You know, I told you I start very early in the morning. Uh, but that gets, that lets me quit a little earlier in the day where I can, uh, you know, take something out of the, fridge and get it to room temperature and I can go outside and work in my garden. Uh, I do, I really do a lot of, I'm a really a good hobbyist in that, in that area. And so uh, that lets me move around. I'm, you know, I'm trimming shrubbery and, and getting that kind of exercise and then, you know, come back and, and prep food. So diet is yeah. really critical and you can find the time if you, if you um, are a good shopper and you know what you should be eating. Um, it's actually fun and you make delicious food. Um, as far as rest, you know, I go to bed early. I was just brought up in that generation of early to bed, early to rise. Mm -hmm. And so I still, sometimes I'll go to bed at eight 30, you know, usually it's not much later than nine o'clock. And, uh, on the occasion that it is later, you know, well, I guess I won't get up quite so early the next morning, hopefully, and get that rest. And with exercise, again, I have, I have a, 
uh, a guest house with a with a, a garage below, and I've turned that garage into a, a lovely little gym, you know. So I'm able to go out there. I, I live out in the country, so I'm I'm not near a a gym. Otherwise, mm-hmm. when I did live in the city, I went to a gym. I had a gym around the corner, and I yeah. would go there three times a week minimum, and mm-hmm. work out really hard. So you just you just do these things. And just as you've described, there is, there's always a way, isn't there? There's always an option, whether you live next to a gym or you don't. There's always, you know, a way mm-hmm. to, to, to exercise or a way to, you know, eat healthily or, or get your rest and your renewal. And it's just mm-hmm. taking that step back, I guess, and having that consciousness to think, I can do this. I can make time for myself. And it's got to be a priority. You know, I think it starts with that um, state of mind and the uh, being positive for one thing, you know, being, which begins for me with being very grateful. Mm. You know, I feel as much as uh, I've had some stress lately with some things in, in business, some of our suppliers um, have kind of upset the apple cart um, way beyond our control, but still it makes you, you know, bounce around and zig and zag a little bit. Mm. And uh, you just, have to be really grateful and just for what you have and um, know that you can continue to do really good work. If you, if you get enjoyment from helping other people and seeing them be successful, then Mm -hmm. I think that's a good place to start. And I love what you've just said there about practicing gratitude almost, isn't it? Because even in times of stress, there's always something to be grateful for. And a lot of people have a lot of stress in their lives, but they've also probably got a lot that they can be grateful for. So that's a really good top tip really, isn't it? For anyone who's going through a stressful time out there. It it really is. Recently, one of our suppliers just pulled out on us. They just folded up shop and it was, you know, it's like, not only do I use them every day, but so do all my students, so do all my graduates in it. And everyone immediately looked to me. And so, they, you know, the question was, well, how's this going to affect us? I said, it's going to make us better <laughs> because uh, we're now going to, we've been kind of satisfied, you know, happy. And um, with the status quo is good. Uh, but now we get to find something even better, you know, not some cheap substitute. And, it, and luckily I have um, over all the years a lot of um, relational capital. You know, there's, I know lots of people in the business that, that all want to be helpful, too. They, you know, they kind of pay you back. Pays to be nice to people. Yeah. Yeah. That's an- another good tip there, isn't it? Is be kind. Practice kindness and gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> um. So the great acronym DRESS, so diet, rest, exercise, reducing stress and supplements. On top of that, what could somebody do to help their health? So would it be then taking that to the next level and maybe having some lab tests? Would that be? Great suggestion. And um, there's so many labs you can run and almost anyone can run labs these days. There's now uh, quite a few called direct-to-consumer laboratories. So let anyone run a lab. Well, it doesn't mean that you know how to interpret it. Mm -hmm. And what I find that most of the this newfound freedom is doing is getting people to buy a lot of supplements. You know, they're actually being used to to sell supplements. You run this lab. See, you need our product. And that's very sophisticated. And I don't know how many people it helps, but um, there's a better way. And that is to look at the labs. Don't diagnose anything like a medical doctor would, but Mm -hmm. look for the healing opportunity. What really is out of whack? Um, You could take the hormones, for instance. A simple saliva test, uh, now dried urine is also used, uh, would give you your cortisol to DHEA ratio. Cortisol is your stress hormone, Mm -hmm. and it's a catabolic hormone that breaks your body down. DHEA, or as you say over there, DHEA, that <laughs> is that is also made in the adrenal glands, same stress glands that produce the cortisol, but is a counter counter regulatory to the cortisol. So if they're in balance, you have the balance between the catabolic and the anabolic. One mm-hmm. build, breaks you down, one builds you up. There's always this natural balance. You, cells do die, and they do. Um, 
turn into waste products and need to be eliminated. And they're replaced by new cells. So we have balances like that that can be measured. If you're, if you're too catabolic, if your cortisol is too high, if you're, if your cortisol dominant too high for too long, it's going to break you down. And that's how people show up and they go, wow, you know, in, this, in a way you're, you're showing me on paper why I feel so lousy. There's other imbalances that are really important within the hormones, but also within the immune system, digestion, detoxification, energy production, the nervous system, you know, the autonomic balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic mm-hmm. um, people who are, and you can, you can have an effect on those things. You can affect just with lifestyle and supplementation and stress avoidance, those elements that need to be balanced when you know what you're looking for. So if you're using laboratory work, look for those kind of indicators. I think you're on the right track. If you're just looking to sell a supplement, then I think that's not the approach I want to use. So when you do your lab tests, what types of lab tests do you do? Well, we do them all. Saliva, blood, Mm -hmm. urine, stool. Stool testing is very important to look for pathogens and the the microbiome and things. We use the hormones uh, or the um, saliva testing mostly for hormones. Uh, There's the uh, uh, urine testing for metabolic processes and uh, liver function and all kinds of things. So what I've come up with is it's not so much the labs and using those blood, saliva, urine, stool. It's what are you looking for? So I have another acronym for you. It's H-I-D-D-E-N, Hidden Stressors Mm -hmm. and Contributors to Metabolic Chaos. It would be within the hormone, H, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and the nervous system that, again, that autonomic balance. H-I-D-D-E-N, the hidden stressors and contributors to metabolic chaos. And so if you just straighten those things out, you're going to be healthier. And mm-hmm. if you're healthier, then if, if you, you know, you're just going to be healthy, happy, uh, and, and these kind of things. But if you had a medical condition, you still need to look at those things because in a way you'd be working around the edges of that until it usually goes away. We've had mm-hmm. uh, people previously diagnosed with some some cluster of symptoms given a label. And w- when they all disappear, where's your Where's your disease? Where's your diagnosis now? Well, yeah. it just doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Yeah, you, you don't qualify for that label anymore. And that and so that's happens the, to people, doesn't it? They own mm-hmm. that label and then they get sicker and sicker because they just expect to get sicker and sicker. And it's that's where it's really sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually got a name. It's called the nocebo effect. Yeah. Everyone's sort of the placebo effect which is that you know you can take a sugar pill and if you believe enough that Mm -hmm. it's gonna work you actually your health does improve it's weird but it's true now the nocebo effect works the opposite way you're given Mm -hmm. a you're given a label and it just oh boy now you've got your diagnosis now you've got an excuse for Mm -hmm. for not eating right for not exercising and so on and so the nocebo effect is just as effective as the placebo effect and this is true with some of the new testing like genes like you could be told you have the gene for a certain condition and pretty and you look at it as a foregone conclusion when genes are not a foregone conclusion they're just you know a potential for a certain disease you it's actually epigenetics and how you live that will affect how that gene is expressed you know turned off turn on or what have you Amazing. It's so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And I was reading a book by Dr. Joe, um, Joe Dispenza and he, you know, talks about you are the placebo and the mind is so powerful, isn't it? In terms of if you believe something to be true, you'll make it true almost. And it translates through into your body. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, he's, he's a great guy and he's written some good things but for for thousands of years uh the hindis for instance have something called the kalpa vriksha and that is was the wishing tree when you stood under the wishing tree whatever you thought of would come true and so in a sense we are all a kalpa vriksha you know you can manifest that which you can uh hold fast in your mind and and you know your gets into your spirit really and then um 
sometimes with a little hard work mixed in, <laughs> you know, uh, it can come come true for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we um, talk about um, the lab testing, so I just want to touch back on the lab testing for a minute. So we do lots of different samples. Once you kind of understand what's going on with a person, what types of treatments would you do for them? What could they expect if they came to see you? For for which problem now? Was there a particular for any of them? Or? What okay. different types of treatments would you offer off the back sure. of a diagnosis? Sure, sure. Well, you know the the um, the, the point is that um, you know we talked about physicians and they might use a lab to diagnose a specific condition because mm-hmm. their standard of care dictates that they have a diagnosis or they can't treat you. You got they have to label it. Um, that's why so many people get sent off without a diagnosis. There's nothing wrong with you yet. Mm-hmm. And so if they can label if they can say, well, you know, I, you diagnosed with this or that, then there, again, there's an agent used and they're treating that thing, whatever it is. Now that's practicing medicine which I'm not licensed to do. I can use lab work, but I can't give a medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to treat a specific thing because I know that thing might be very far downstream from the actual causes, Mm -hmm. which are far upstream. So in order, this might sound a bit weird and a bit of a tongue twister, but we don't treat anything specifically. We treat everything Non-specific. So, yeah. and, and non-specific treatment is a well-known construct in, in the medical world, too. They know that um, people can go out and just have a good time and laugh, and that's a non-specific treatment for everything, for mm-hmm. just feeling better, a uh, sense of well-being and what have you. So non-specific treatment is not an, an a, uh, uh, you know, abstract thing. So, and, and if you make that your profession, don't treat anything specifically treat everything non-specifically, then the things you do for quote-unquote treatment will have an effect on every cell, tissue, organ, and system, the entire organism, every cell, tissue, organ, and system. So cells do not need to be taught what their job is. There is an innate and inherent wisdom, if you will, uh, grand design or uh, purpose. Cells know whether they're a brain cell or an adrenal cell or a skin cell or a muscle cell they they know it and they know what to do mm-hmm. and so that it's that intelligence that non-specific treatment depends upon so you basically are creating an, a, a complete epigenetic program in other words a lifestyle program that works on a cell tissue organ and system level so and and the dress is that therapy or treatment if you will now, each one of those things, you know, people will have a weak area. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I, I go to the gym, you know, three to five times a week. I work out a lot. But then you find out they're not sleeping well or they're not eating well or they have some other stressor that they're just mm-hmm. not dealing with at all. And they may be taking supplements, but not the right ones and, and on and on. So we, we have a methodical approach to DRESS and a way of getting people from where they are up the steps towards, you know, health and happiness. Now, the truth is, I don't know anyone at the top, you know, who's reached the final step. I don't know anyone. We're all just kind of on that stairway or or pathway or journey, as you called it. And, uh, you know, we can uh, have those that we follow and those that we help up from, from who, who have more steps to go than we do. And so one of the first steps is to, in, in my book, uh, run some labs, get some, identify some healing opportunities, some, some of those hidden things that are out of balance, and then take the steps uh, in your weakest area, whether it be diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplements. And, and again, most people don't even know half the stress that they're even under. Yeah. They, just think it's nor- they just think it's normal. Yeah. And it just, it becomes part of their day-to-day life then, doesn't it? So like you say, it just, they normalize it rather than take a step back and think, this isn't normal, this is crazy, I shouldn't be under this much pressure. Yeah. Uh, if you, symptoms aren't normal, uh, they're the result of some disease process or malfunction upstream somewhere. And um, it's almost impossible to predict where that upstream dysfunction really originated. 
So uh, that's why we use the methodology of looking at uh, some some things uh, that I mentioned um, and then applying the general principles mm -hmm. of health building because those general principles of health building properly applied will outperform specific treatment. It outperforms specific treatment. That's in other words, if you're going to someone and they're just working on one thing, I'm a specialist in the gut. Uh, you know, I'm going to heal the gut. Well, you know, I'm sure they're going to take a good stab at it and they might actually have some results with some people and certainly their heart's in the right place and they want to do some help you improve. And they probably will recommend something above and beyond just supplements or, or medicine, you know, so, something to do with lifestyle, but there's, there's actually a more comprehensive way to do that. And it's the general principles versus specific treatment. Those yeah. principles are all within the DRESS program. And the DRESS program, if someone's out there thinking, well, actually, can't I just do that anyway? Why do I need to go for a lab test? What's what's kind of the benefits oh. of having a lab test well, compared to just following the DRESS model? Mm -hmm. Well, the lab tests are just kind of a shortcut, you know. Certainly, that's a good point. That, that is actually the solution, but there's labs that would tell you, um, or, or at least some kind of assessment uh, that would tell you, well, what diet, which diet, which one's right for you? What about your food sensitivities? Wouldn't you want to find out what those are? So you mm -hmm. have to find it over a long period of time, uh, waiting for symptoms to occur or go away, what's called, you know, an elimination diet. Mm -hmm. So people do have sensitivities. And I can go through each one of the DRESS um, values. Uh, and do this for you. That you know, so which diet? Yes, you could just go dr go do dress, but and and so which diet? Well, there are labs that would tell you what you're sensitive to. There's another assessment that would tell you the correct percentage of protein, fat, and carbs you probably should be eating. That that has to do with your oxidative rate, how well you uh, burn energy. Uh, you want that to be the right fuel mixture for you. So there is some assessments that will just mm. shortcut the whole experimentation process for you and under stress reduction i think that's where the biggest concern is because there's stressors that you don't even know you have chemicals and uh environmental stressors um even those food sensitivities mm -hmm. you're getting double your you know bang for your buck there because those that's a form of stress reduction finding out mm -hmm. what foods yes. you're actually sensitive to uh, and so there's just, you, you could just go D, D R E S S. Um, and good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they'll be back to see you again because they've, they've kind of self-diagnosed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they could, they could actually could find their way, uh, you know, depending on the, the problems they're trying to overcome. So we talk about food sensitivities, which a lot of people are aware of. They might be dairy intolerant or they might sound gluten intolerant. But you talk about environmental and chemical stressors. Should we just elaborate a little bit on that? Because many people out there mm -hmm. might not be as familiar with those areas. Well, you remember in my introduction, I was in, in environmental law. I studied the environment and mm -hmm. the laws uh, regarding protection of, of us and the planet. And um, it's just amazing the number of chemicals that have been dumped upon us. It's something like, um, I don't want to be quoted exactly just now, but there's about 50 barrels worth of chemicals being dumped into the environment, mm -hmm. 50 barrels per person, per day. There's that much chemical being dumped into the environment, whether it's uh, through pesticides, herbicides, rodenticides, insecticides, not to mention all the stuff used in industry, not mm -hmm. to, you know, to make our clothing and our furniture and our everything that you see um, that's, that's man-made, not to mention what's in our food that ends up in our food. Yes. These, If you can read, if, if anything on the label has more than two or maybe three syllables, it's probably not good yeah. for you. <laughs> oh, if you can't, yeah, if you most, can't actually read it, then it's probably not good yeah, for you. Yeah, you can't pronounce <laughs> it, you can't read it. It's got five or six syllables, <laughs> then you know for certain that's not meant for human consumption, really. Yeah. You know. So I'm joking around, of course, but mm. the, it's the truth. So it these the so, uh, environmental contaminants, uh, pollution, Chemicals per se are ubiquitous and none of them really or very few, relatively very few have been tested for safety. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So out of the 80,000 plus chemicals in the environment, maybe a few hundred have been had human trials for safety. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, we are living the human trial. We are the rats in the maze. <laughs> and I've had physicians who study this better than I do say that we're basically marinating in a toxic soup. If you live in a modern city and and even where I live out in the country, I I see the effects of pollution and things everywhere. And I'm quite close to London here. I don't, fortunately, I don't live in London because it is quite, it's a, it's a brilliant place to go, but I can't wait to get out. I grew up on a farm. So for me, I'm fresh air all the way, but I do notice a difference when I go into London. It, you know, there's a lot more pollution in the air. You've got a lot more traffic and I just can't wait to get out because I just don't feel like I'm breathing fresh air. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you. In, in a recent study on uh, cadavers, you know, uh, young men, young men in their 19, 20, 21 year old range who were uh, killed in car accidents in the city of Los Angeles were all mm-hmm. tested for chemical. And they each one had two to 300 chemicals in their body to varying levels, but none of them good for you. All of them interfering with a metabolic process in some way, all of them contributing to poor health, illness, and 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 uh and mayhem mm. if you will <laughs> metabolic mayhem <laughs> it's a really you know really interesting kind of subject isn't it chemical and environmental toxins and certainly when i you know trained to be a holistic health coach it kind of widened my knowledge thinking about these things because before you know you think about sleep you think about exercise you think about nutrition maybe but you don't think about you know, the air you're breathing or what you're putting on your skin, which is then going into your body, even when you wash your hands um, or you're doing the dishes or you wash your face, you know, you have a shower in the morning. We're coming into contact with chemicals all the time, potentially, aren't we? Yes. Simple answer is just yes. It's As we just said, it, they're, they're, they're ubiquitous. And you really have to kind of work at um, eliminating them or, or avoiding them as much as you can. Um, That's another thing about testing. Yes, you could do okay without testing, but let's say we do a food sensitivity test and you eliminate certain number of foods from your diet. And let's say you actually feel better. Well, what does it tell you? It tells you that you are subject to influences that you had no idea about. And you feel better when you eliminate those things and it makes you a little more self-aware and, uh, and you start looking around for, well, Hey, if I, I didn't know about food sensitivities, what else can I eliminate? Mm-hmm. What else can I eliminate? You go to your, your, your bathroom cabinets and you, and you uh, start throwing out uh, personal care products are full of chemicals mm-hmm. and then you feel even better. And then you go uh, underneath your kitchen sink and you throw out uh, household cleaning products that mm-hmm. are, uh, toxic and and actually poisonous and these kind of things. And there are naturally derived um, alternatives. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, those usually cost a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem that, you know, only through if we all did it, then those Mm -hmm. products would become cheaper. So it's, it's usually, I mean, that's usually the, you know, the, the, how the marketplace works. So, so if everyone threw out all that stuff, Mm -hmm. then those people who are making it would start making the good stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it's only because they 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 sell it because they can. Yeah. And so, what I was getting at was by running a test on one thing like foods, um, you start realizing that it, these things make a difference, and you can mm. start looking around for other things to eliminate. Even toxic friends. I mean, people have friends who are just <laughs> toxic things. I mean, it, it gets on to every level you want to talk about, mm-hmm. eh? Yeah, toxicity. Yeah, and what you just said there. It's so true for the UK in terms of buying products. You can walk into the local supermarket and you can buy a hand wash or a body wash for like equivalent of a dollar or a pound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, if you actually bought an organic one that, you know, didn't have as many chemicals in, it maybe cost you $10 or £10. And people say, I'm not paying mm-hmm. that much. And it's like, well, how much do you value your health and what are you putting, you know, on your skin every day? Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, I, I've talked, I have actually trained quite a few people in the UK and they take my course because it's available all over the wor- world. I think we have 50 
countries people have have taken the course in now. And uh, it's different everywhere, but Mm -hmm. people are the same. So the products and the availability and the the pricing, and and there might be some regional motivating factors um, such as the health insurance. You know, Mm -hmm. here in the United States, you pay for that. I pay Uh every month a premium. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on Medicare because I'm over 65, but I pay in addition to that. First of all, they charge me more because I make more and that's fair. But um, then they, then I pay, but But anyway, it's a bunch of rigmarole that you don't have to go through. So in order to keep your insurance rates down here, we have to be healthier. Mm -hmm. And we have also health savings accounts, which is a tax-free shelter for any money you spend on yourself. I I can write off my gym membership, my, um, you know, massages and, and just amazing. all my supplements and, and testing the things. I, I, those are tax deductions. Mm-hmm. So now people where healthcare is quote unquote free, they might not be so motivated. It's like, well, I just go to the doctor when I get sick and I don't have mm-hmm. to pay for it out of my pocket. Well, number one, you are paying for it, mm-hmm. but, um, or someone is, uh, but it's, it's, um, doesn't lead to the most the healthiest lifestyle you know so those are some other factors i think and they're paying the price through their health that's an even bigger price really isn't it yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, so true you know and and most people are already spending it on something else here it's starbucks i mean people spend three hundred dollars a month on starbucks you know like Mm -hmm. because they're just addicted to Good coffee. I, I admit it's you know there's some great tasting stuff there that's very yeah. satisfying, but um you know three hundred bucks a month that'll pay for a lot of uh, visits to a health coach and uh, for some supplements and for a gym membership and for uh, you know all these kinds of things P- paying a little bit extra for you know what have you. Yeah, and then that goes into a whole different realm of addictions and caffeine addictions and associations. I've got to have my coffee in the morning and I can't possibly go without it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I find it difficult myself, but I, I can I um uh you, you just you you buy the best organic, you buy now there's the mold free and you know all these different mm-hmm. things and you know you can argue about how you make make it and you can mm-hmm. argue about or discuss, you know, what do you put in it? Like it's yeah good way to actually get um if you're doing like the bulletproof coffee um you know you're Mm -hmm. getting your um medium chain triglycerides and your other other good things for your brain fuel and what have you yeah fascinating world so Mm -hmm. just very quickly what's your view on um kind of adrenal fatigue and so if someone's out there who um, isn't feeling great would would that would that be diagnosed through a lab test or anything like thyroid issues i mean obviously people yeah. here can go to the doctors and they can do thyroid tests sure. but what would be your view on that well we we test uh the, the adrenal output mm-hmm. on every person mm-hmm. you know and yet we don't call it adrenal fatigue number one that's an obscure diagnosis um, it, it's a great construct, though. So the construct, a construct is something that gives you a way of looking at things that works for you. And it could work for a group, you know. So the construct adrenal fatigue is very uh, useful. Um, you know, if you if your stress glands, if you just keep stressing them and stressing them, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so but it, it doesn't quite work that way biochemically speaking or biologically speaking or physiologically speaking, they don't really get tired, but they can, production can go down for various reasons. And so um, again, it's not a legitimate medical diagnosis. There's such a thing as adrenal insufficiency. And of course there's autoimmune adrenal. There are some real adrenal, but, but the one that they call adrenal fatigue isn't, um, it doesn't meet the requirements of a true medical diagnosis, but it's a great construct that you're robbing from Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. And if you burn the candle at both ends, it's not going to be, and it can show up on lab work. It shows up as this cortisol to DHA imbalance. And then as you look at the circadian rhythm, your cortisol mm-hmm. throughout the day, you can see, and it explains why you feel so crappy. Mm-hmm. And it's a high motivator for changing your behavior, you know, so that you feel 
at least less crappy. <laughs> if not really happy, you know. <laughs> I like that. Less crappy, if not happy. <laughs> no, and you know, sadly in in the UK and certainly I see a lot of people, they are, you know, running around so so busy, look so so stressed, they they don't look happy, they get sick, and then once they recover, they they don't kind of take a step back and say well what can I do differently next time they just kind of get back on that hamster wheel so to speak and off they go again until they get sick again and a lot of people are very stressed (laughs) yeah and it's true all over the world I just have to tell you a really quick anecdote um because they talk about road rage and you've heard about (laughs) people on the on the on the uh on the highways in Los Angeles or New York, you know, and people like just taking shots at each other. Cause we have guns, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we can, we, yeah, we can really hurt someone. <laughs> but, um, but so you hear about road range, but I was in England. I was driving <laughs> a rental car from Stonehenge. I've been visiting. Uh, I wanted to see those all my life. Uh-huh. This was just a couple of years, my whole life since I was 10, I wanted to see mm-hmm. Stonehenge. And so I was finally there. I stayed at a nice bed and breakfast with my son. And then we, we left and came back to England. I mean, to London. We were headed to London. Mm-hmm. And the, the road, uh, you know, in, in the United States, the slow lane is the right lane. If there's a two lanes and you're the slow guy, you go in the right lane. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's not like that over there. You, you know, so I'm in the right lane because I'm just, you know, just going at average speed. And this guy <laughs> comes around. And he's driving like a maniac and he, he passes and he gets in front, he slams on his brakes and he's giving us the finger and stuff like that. And I, I just backed off like, like, who's this, what's going on? My son wanted me to run into him so we could beat the guy up. But, um, but, but, uh, I'm half only half kidding about that. And he did it again. And then he did it three times. This guy was so mad at me for driving slow in the right lane. And and that's road rage, you know, and that's, that's a dangerous thing. And it was, I thought, Oh, here's merry old England. And I'm just, just the, (laughs) the Yankee visitor, you know, like just cruising along going from Stonehenge back to London and, and Oh my goodness. (laughs) So we've, you've got your road rage too. We do. I think it's probably worldwide, but thank you for sharing that story. We're not all that bad, but I have I have yeah. witnessed it myself. And it just goes to show, doesn't it, you know, what stress can do to people because in that moment they must be very stressed if they, you know, can't show compassion to a, another person. And, you know, I drove in somewhere today and I parked in this spot and this lady came out and went, you can't park there. Um, that's a designated parking spot for this building and you're going into that building over there and I thought there's five empty spaces (laughs) half of the spaces are empty what's the world coming to if we can't even share Mm -hmm. parking spaces anymore you know if if it's a problem later call me and I'll move it but no I had to move it and park it somewhere else and I just thought this is crazy you know stress and rules over a parking space (laughs) yes it gets uh it's pretty ridiculous sometimes yeah so another note there to take a look at our stress stressors in life and that's part of the d-r-e-s-s model i guess isn't it yeah and i think i think we all need to take a deep breath you know it's kind of where i where i go it's like you know breathing recently when that when that supplier of ours i told you about pulled out Mm -hmm. i had to take a deep breath i mean this Mm -hmm. could really affect a lot of people Mm-hmm. that I feel very responsible for. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do some, some breathing, you know, and get that weight off my chest. I mean, it was, I really felt like a hundred pounds of black steel. It just yeah. hit me. And, um, you know, it's, you, you turn it around, you, you know, they ask, well, how's this going to affect us? It's going to make us better. You, you, you gotta be able to make uh, lemonade out of lemons, yes. as they say, and look for the silver lining as they say, and, and it really works. I mean, that's really a good outlook on life to take. And there's a great, um, there's a great formula, isn't there? The event is only actually 10%, but the, the effect outcome can be affected by 90% of how you respond to that situation. What you're saying there in that situation, you just took a deep breath and chose your response rather than reacted. Cause like you say, because it could have affect, you know, a lot of people, um, that you feel mm-hmm. responsible for, but it's really important, isn't it, to take that deep breath, take a step back and choose your response because that's going to massively affect, you know, how you think, how you approach the situation and then how you deal with it. 
Yeah, you got to get into that mental state or uh, emotional state, whatever you want to call it, of clarity. And I think sitting up straight and breathing. I mean, if I said to the listeners now, everyone sit up straight, please sit up straight. And you see a room full of bodies moving. (laughs) It really, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You should already be sitting up straight. You should already, because that allows you to breathe properly and allows your organs to hang properly without a lot of pressure on them. And you just function so much better when you are sitting up straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, breathing properly, you function better. It's part of stress reduction, a DRESS. Well, what's a huge one? How you sit and breathe. And that's and, a really and, uh, quick win, isn't it, for a lot of people? Because a lot of quick, people easy, now are quick. quite sedentary. You know, they might be office workers, sat at a laptop, hunched over in meetings. And like you say, you're just compressing everything, aren't you? So great top tip there. Sit up straight and, and give your <laughs> organs some space to do what they need to do. <laughs> Oh, we got a lot of top tips. Yeah, we have, haven't we? <laughs> so you talk about your courses you do. So we've we've given people lots of information about how, you know, if they've got a health concern, how they can come and see you. But if someone's interested in taking this further and developing their own knowledge and training with you, you mentioned the courses that you run. Should we just touch on those quickly? Yeah, sure. I, I teach something called functional diagnostic nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a functional diagnostic nutrition certification course. So FDN, as we call it, is very affectionately known by our entire community of practitioners. And I've trained uh, over 2,500. I call it wow. my deputies. You know, we've <laughs> deputized all these people to go do some good in the world by getting the training in the lab work and in the protocols, the, the dress mm-hmm. program, and how to apply it on a person how to interview, how to uh, clinically correlate all the test results. We're not treating the paper, uh, how to educate the person so that they can self treat. Mm -hmm. And so that's a profession. That's a legitimate profession. And, uh, but you, you don't have to, I mean, you could take the course just to work on yourself too and your family. And a lot of people do that as well. Mm -hmm. That alone probably is worth the price of admission because we do have you work on yourself to learn Mm -hmm. the principles we're talking about. You're required and it's paid for all in the tuition. Uh, it's paid for to, to run some labs on yourself and to do your self work Mm because remember walking the talk is critical. So, um, all my deputies out there, they're, uh, they're walking the talk or, mm. or you, you just tell the principal and I'll get them straight. And that's really important, isn't it? Because if they haven't been through the process, then how can they understand what their patients, clients are going through if, if they've not been through it themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I've run, I've run hundreds of labs, hundreds of labs on myself because lab companies want our business. They know that I have a couple thousand practitioners that I, could influence and uh they're always uh, what about this product what about that product they want me this would be great for your people you know mm-hmm. and i said well send me a couple kits or send me some of those products you know if i'm interested and and i'll and i'll consider it you know mm-hmm. I, I vet everything or actually we now have a whole committee and team that does mm-hmm. it together we have our r&d department you know but Brilliant. um that's how we do it yeah there's there's no way you can uh, weasel your way into our favor uh, with any carrot, you know, like, like it's just, it's just, just how we do things. We, we carefully vet things out and we do it on ourselves first. Yeah. Amazing. So it's been fantastic talking to you, Reed, and I think we could probably and talk yeah. for hours. Is there um, just kind of a parting shot you want to leave with the listeners? Is there a kind of key message? I mean, we've given them top tips, but is there a key message we want to leave today? You know, it's been a wonderful show, an opportunity to go over some of these principles. And I think we, when we touched on the state of mind, I think that's the, if I had one tip, like read what's your one, one sort of secret, if you will. I do think it's my point of view on the world. You know, I see it as a, uh, not just a cup half full versus mm-hmm. half empty, uh, it, but a cup running over, you know, just, mm-hmm. just really like 
full abundance and and you try to find joy in in everything and stop and be in the moment and so i know that when i'm not stopping to smell the roses that i'm not very happy but when i even no matter how busy i am i i I really find it in my garden i go outside and i have i have all these little things i buy my garden presents all the time (laughs) that's amazing it could be yeah, it could be from a junk shop or something <laughs> I stole from the neighbor's house, you know, or whatever it is. I've never thought of it like that before, buying your yeah. garden presents, but I like that. That's yeah. nice. So you mm-hmm. got to stop and smell the roses. <laughs> but we're not advising our listeners to go out there and uh, steal from the neighbor's garden. But <laughs> I'm just teasing. Maybe borrow, and, borrow from the neighbor's garden and see if they notice. We'll see how long it takes them to notice because they probably won't notice. Right. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, how do people get in touch with you, Reed, if they wanted to get in touch with you? What's the best uh, way? The- best way is probably the website which is uh-huh. functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com i tried to think of a longer url but but i came up <laughs> with that functional functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com and you'll learn all about it awesome thank you very much reed it's been a pleasure to have you on our show today i'm lisa victoria and i'm your host today for alternative health tools and if you like what you've heard from reed today please do tell your friends and we can be found on apple podcast google podcast on spotify and anywhere else you get your episodes from so once again a massive thank you to reed for joining us today thoroughly enjoyed this show and uh, yeah I wish you well in the future. And same to you, Lisa. You keep up the fantastic work that you're doing. Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.